Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Pete the Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy. Uh, and, well, the... Uh, the funk master of fizz. I was playing with a uh, a new gadget called Drinkmate, and <laughs> I made sparkling chocolate milk. I made sparkling coconut water, and I made sparkling vodka with a splash of chocolate milk. Uh, it's a pretty fun device, but I should read the instructions next time. But uh, check it out; it's a cool gift. I would love one, and I have one, so I guess I'm happy. But uh, uh, thinking of gifts, one of the gifts in life is really to have longevity, good health, and then to find happiness wherever you are. And uh, we have a special gentleman here in studio, um, chef, owner, founder, uh, inspiration behind Asagio Restaurant, Chef Moro Gomarvi is here celebrating 25 years. Chef, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you so much, Chris, for hosting me today. Oh, I love it. Um, I mean, what what a treat to get you out of the restaurant on a Saturday night. It's honor, sir. <laughs> you know, I'm a little worried right now, everything going on, but I got a crew after 25 years. They can manage it. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's good to finally let your child sort of live its life a little yes, bit, right? Yes. Um, well, let's talk about you. You immigrated to the United States? I came to the United States in 1984 directly from Italy. And that was the day, was it the, the Olympic opening in Los Angeles. Oh, right, yeah. That's the day I arrived to, to America. And I moved to Seattle in 1990. And I fell in love with the Pike Place Market. 1990, that was big. Football yeah. games. Yeah, and, you know, and everybody was talking about supersonic those days, you know, Boeing, Starbucks. Everything was going on. And I, and I find the Pike Place Market, and I'm going, oh, my God. What a place I came to. I still every day shop in the market, by the way. Yeah, And that's I live awesome. by the market. I shop by the market. And I opened Asagio in 1993 after I chefing three years for other restaurants like Salute and uh. also Calabria and, and uh, tours in Kirkland. And finally, I opened my own place. And it's been an amazing, amazing run, Chris. I'm just looking back 25 years, and I'm going, how many celebration I had in my restaurant, how many prom I hosted. They got married right now. They're CFO, CEO of something. 25 years, Chris. That's a lot. It's a long, long time. And look how much our city has changed. I mean, you got to... Now, in your original position or your original address is still on... I mean, still 2010 Fourth Avenue, Seattle. 2010. And yeah. was that a restaurant prior to you moving into that space? It was not. It was a palm reading hand. And I had it, you know, can the, the ladies call Mrs. Root. So I opened the place. Gypsies. And, you know, yes, exactly. She came in the first uh, first year. She said, can I read this poem for your people in the New Year's Eve? I said, I don't do that kind of thing. She go, I'm going to give you a bad jig. I said, please don't. It's going to be okay, everything here for me. Oh, apparently so. Well, congratulations. Has your menu changed? I mean, what's classics remain from that first inspiration you had? You know, the, I was the first one I got the, the three and a half star review by John Hinterberger. I think that was before even you born, Chris. Yes. And no, then, well, uh, no, it wasn't. I know John. And then it was at the Rest top 10 peace. restaurant, and we got the number one and the top 10 by the John. And my first dish he got me a review was my lamb shake. Oh. Lamb shank, it's just like a style, 
by the lampshade I do, I still make 12 a days. I refuse to change it because I just want to be special. I don't want to do 30 of them a day. So people had to call sometime on the oh. weekend. Mauro, would you please hold on for me? Because I believe the recipe I got is a 412. If I change it, Chris, I can, everything going to be changed by the spice for me. And I want to keep it like that. But there's some of the items always stays like a spaghetti alio olio, garlic and olive oil, mm-hmm. and also wild boar ragu. And I still, this is a wild boar, but I bring it from Texas. Yes, you that's know? where they are, the open free range. That's right. Uh-huh. I know other people doing them that. So, and veal saltimbocca. And I keep the, everything, you know, classic. Go back to veal saltimbocca. What is that dish? Tell me, describe that recipe. The veal saltimbocca, the saltimbocca means up and your mouth. <laughs> and, you know, so it's a really salt in boca. Ah, so, got it. And salt it's a in very, boca. Yes, Boca's the mouth. That's right. Holy smokes. The salt means, gonna, you know, going up. So is it like, just like it's a very Roman dish. And it means a very simple things. And it's a thin slice of veal with a prosciutto di parma and a sage and love of the demi-glaze. Very simple ingredient, but it's a powerful flavor in your mouth. In fact, Chris, would it be perfect with the wine I brought right now? I think I'm going to take are, you back here I tonight. I can't believe you didn't bring any food. I know. I, I got to, I'll take you back tonight, the restaurant. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, roll it in there. That's Absolutely. Right. I would I love, love to have you. Well, that recipe sounds fantastic. Um, uh, salads, have you seen trends in Italian food at all? I mean, have you seen some things that kind of go, this is cool, I want to do that? Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, you know, the, the things about being a chef, I, by the way, I never call myself a chef. Thank you for calling me chef. I call myself a cook. And the things really is a chef in me, my chef and master, is my kitchen, my stove, my oven. They really teach me what to do. I'm the guy putting ingredients together from. The things change, the trends change, but trend is a very, a very uh, dangerous thing to follow. Uh-huh. And I, I like to stay original, the way I do, how I do the Italian wine. Now I got Washingtonian wine in my list because it really come in tremendously powerful, made for the food, Italian food made for the wine, and wine made for Italian food also. So I got in my restaurant, the change I did, I add Washingtonian wine in it because I really believe they stayed and terroir. Where is the better place to be, Chris? I mean, you have the best produce of the world come from our eastern Washington, Yakima Venachi. The best fish in the world come from Alaska. The best meat come from Ellensburg. Now the best wine come from the state of Washington. <laughs> How lucky am I as a guy? And how about that beer? I mean, exactly. <laughs> the, the beer, exactly. And produce. The spirit. I mean, David was saying 300, 300 uh, uh, estillery we got. Yeah. I mean, we're amazing. We're on fire. I think we're making too much CO2 with all that fermentation, though. You think so? You, you, you're a Somalia, I'm not. So you know your things last bit. I, I think do. it's worth it. In this case, you know, let's just pour ourselves a drink while we... Yeah. <laughs> and I, no, I, I truly, I was thinking what I'm going to do for 25 years. I'm celebrating two events. Tuesday the 13th with the, the one of the best winemakers out of Italy, which is the Parker Game 100 Point. His name is Alessandro Celai. And they have a wine. It's 100% Merlot. It's called Baffonero. That means black mustache, which is compete with the Massetto, as you know, mm-hmm. is the number one Italian Merlot. And also, I'm doing a Woodward Canyon. I had him on the show. Oh, you do? Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And I have a Woodward Canyon, 
and I want to, uh, I want to celebrate by pairing a marriage in my food with the Woodward Canyon. And Woodward Canyon was, as you know, one of the pioneers for State of Washington. It was him and also Leonetti, as you know. And, you know, and I want to have it be my legendary 25. I have 25 more years to go. My daughter going to take over. She's finishing the college next year. Wow. So she want to take over the Asajo. So we're going to be around for a long time. That's awesome. Your kid going to come and enjoy the food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on making some, trust me. <laughs> well, this is fantastic. Speaking with Mauro Gomarvi, who is the uh, the cook and uh, inspiration behind Asajo for 25 years. And you said you opened it on November 5th November at 5th, 1993 at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. It was a Monday, last Monday. That's <laughs> fantastic. And I mean, I, that's perfect timing, right? Because uh, it's dark Chris. and who doesn't want comfort food? It just feels great. Now, how many... How many employees do you think you've got, you've had you know grace the environment of the Saggio restaurant? You know, I probably I I think I went through the 100, 150 employees, but I produce so many restaurant tour, so many chefs, so many managers, and you know people when they leave my restaurant and they go, we don't take a resume, we just go anywhere else. You go, I work for Mauro, I work for Saggio. This is not exaggeration. Most of them, they hate me because I'm really type A. I want everything to be a certain way for me. But, you know, I still stay focused. I want to have a one spot, Chris. I never want that because I like to be in my dining room. Asajo to me, you know, Asajo means to taste. And everything I got is a little tasty, right? And I cannot, and I love having people in my home. I cannot have a weekly, I do average of 1,200 people come to Asajo door six days a week. I cannot have wow. 1,200 people in my home. So what I do, <laughs> when you see Mauro go, they, everybody go, you open the reviews, they go, Mauro, give biggest hug. Because this first thing I do, you come to my restaurant. I give you a hug because you're my home. After that, I'm going to take care of you whatever it takes. Whatever needs to be done, I will get it done. If I have a two-place, Chris, I can never do that. Ah, I right. have to be one. Call me crazy, but that's the way I operate. I have... One, I have one child, one God, one wife, one mistress, just kidding, <laughs> one restaurant, <laughs> one shoes. One, and one giant one watch, wine cellar, I hope. And one giant wine cellar. And, you know, by the way, and I love your wine. And I used it last year. It was awesome. Thank I you. love your rosé. Yeah, I so love good. your white wine. I've been through tremendous years. So, Chris, I just want to ask you on air, please keep making that rosé you were making. Oh, I know. And Damn. it was, and I would, I would. I will buy it again from so all of them. I got. I just. I've actually taken some down to see my grandfather in Arizona. Two bottles of rosé, and it's oh so delicious. Well, I mean, I am just salivating and, and uh, enjoying just eating up this conversation with Mauro Golmarvi, who is celebrating 25 years at Asagio at 2210 Fourth Avenue, downtown Seattle. I noticed. So, what have been some of the major things that have happened? I mean, Dahlia Lounge was there, right? Uh, or, Dahlia uh, Lounge was not there. When I opened the restaurant, Tom Douglas, a very good friend, he came by and I was cooking in the kitchen and one of my waiter came and said, somebody named you Tom Douglas, he brought a flower for you, I want to see you. So I came out of the kitchen and he stand up, his wife, Julie, and he go, <laughs> He's tall, you know, right? Yeah, he stand and he go, I'm a Tom Douglas. I go, I'm sorry, who are you? Go, have a restaurant right next block, it's called Dahlia. And I cannot believe somebody find the guts come this corner and I was here alone and it's a very bad area, Chris, those days. If I you remember, remember you yes, know, I do. I mean, we had to hire, me and Tom, we had to hire a cop after hours and a horse 
paying them 19 bucks an hour to that protect was a deal. our customer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, a, it was a really hard. I worked in uh, Belltown back in 1990. So you know, Chris, oh, I know. what was it that was going on. I yeah. mean, and then when Tom opened, I think 15 years ago, he moved the Dahlia across from me. And I said the flower to him, I said, thank you for coming here next to me again. That was a nice of you. So it's been great, I mean, seeing. But I see our city, Chris, you asked me the question, the corner. I call them the culinary corner. I mean, there is no corner in Seattle. You can find that many amazing restaurants in one corner. I mean, Tom got nine of them. And I got <laughs> one, right? And it's all one corner. I mean, nighttime is all happiness, people walking. Is it safe to be right now? I mean, 25 years ago, Chris, we couldn't do anything. Oh, I'm, so it I'm feels sure. really great. Well, and you've got all this new, and it's good to have this. You are now a piece of Seattle. You're actually, that restaurant is a place that has spanned a generation. And what, what I believe is with all this new development and everything looking cookie cutter and the same, and, and there's a lot of young hot chefs out there doing some fun stuff. Uh, but, you know, you are one one of the godfathers. I'm trying to think of another restaurateur. His, I mean, Joe Velarde out at... Uh, Joe Velarde, yeah, he's, yeah. In a, he's a five years behind me. Ah, he's in see? a bat, you know, Carmine, Il Terrazzo. Oh, Carmine, yes. Yeah, that was another one, you know. He was uh, three years ahead of me. And, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, people ask me who you compare yourself. It's kind of you know, hard to figure that, you know, you go, uh, what compare means. I mean, to me, means honesty, quality, personality. The quality of the food, the personality you got to offer, and the honesty of the service you got to offer. So combine that three, you know, Chris, uh, as you said, we got lots of hot chefs, lots of great chefs. They're creating amazing stuff. But personality also missing sometimes, Chris. Server is missing. If you're asking server for something different, they go, chef will not do it for you. <laughs> My home, Chris, you come in, you go, I, I do it anything you want. I'm a vegan. Of course I'm going to do. But I go some other place and I said, can I have a gnocchi without that one? Chef refused to do that. And I'm going... I'm your home. You're supposed to please me. So this is how I got to <laughs> stay in a one restaurant. I never give anybody attitude. If you come with your date, your date is a vegetarian, I would do anything, Chris, for your date. I hope going to be your wife pretty soon. You're going to have your kids going to come to <laughs> my restaurant. But, you know, I really want to take care of the people. This is, Chris, what I do for a living. I love it. Hey, speaking with Moro Gomarvi, the founder of Asagio Restaurant, um, we're going to chat more and uh, lift a, a toast of wine to 25 years. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, welcome back. It's time for round two. Hope you got something tasty in your glass. I have a delicious Montepulciano d'Abruzzo from my friend Moro Gomarvi, who's the uh, founder of Asagio Restaurant, the 25-year still standing and still rocking it out Italian restaurant on 4th Avenue at 2210. Uh, I'm taking this wine. Moro, we've been uh, talking about just the past, and it's so fun to look back <laughs> in, with with a smile. Um I understand that we were, the chefs we had, Joe Velarde, we had Carmine's. I think Il Bistro was back then. And, uh, I worked there, Chris. Wasn't Queen City Grill there, yep, too? Chris, yeah, I worked at Bistro. Did you really? Yes. How about that? It was amazing. Yeah. So and I worked with Murray, the legend bartender. Murray. Yes. I know. I, I ran into him. I think I scared him when I saw him at an event. Like, hey, I want to interview you. Like, uh, <laughs> whoa, hey, whoa, you know, um, too fun. Well, what... 
what has been some of the highlights? I mean, did Clinton eat there? Did uh, I mean some of the celebrity things? I mean, you probably had the Sonics. Of course, you've had CFOs. We don't talk about all that stuff, especially who they were with. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot give away anything, right? That's right. We got to be very. First of all, Chris, I do not take a picture of anybody, or I do not make anybody uncomfortable, and I just want them to come and they treat my place like a home. So I treat everybody just equal, as you know. We had lots of celebrity. I mean, there is no week by go. I don't get celebrity from, you know, anything you can name it, anything you can know, local, international, national, you know, sport figures, you know, government figures. But it, the, the best thing is everybody come aside you because they like I treat them the same way. I'm not there to go, can I take a picture with you? Can I show up with you? I show up in my heart and my soul. They are in my restaurant eating my food, and I see their smile. It gives me the most amazing satisfaction anybody can ever have. And people go, as you know, we're talking about how much Seattle changed, especially my corner. As you know, Scala is right there, the one that made a Fifty Shades of Grey movie. <laughs> and it used to be 7-Eleven, Chris. Was oh, yeah. Every night was a shooting. I could not even get out of my restaurant after midnight. But the bad and bad and beyond this right now used to be 24 hours was all the drug dealer was happening. I still managed to have people coming in those days in my restaurants. And right now is the safest place to be in a fort. Amazon completely changed what Amazon brought to our city, a corner. As you can see, I am surrounded by all Amazonian. So I am creating a new wave of the clientele. As you say, you know, I got older. I put 30 pounds on. I lost all my hair. So, I, you know, I feel Wait, like... Wait, you talking I, about me or you? No, talking about me. You're looking <laughs> great. No, I'm thinking myself, Chris. I was... Uh, when I opened the restaurant, I was a Ferrari. Now, I used to go really <laughs> fast. Now, I'm Ferrari, but classic. I cannot go as fast as you know, I go. I want to be Trattoria, Chris. Vintage. Yes, that's the word. Thank you. Vintage. I'm a, Ferrari, I'm a Ferrari right now, yeah. but I'm a classic. That's right. I'm not going to be for racing. You got to look at me. Come enjoy my restaurant. Come see me. Let me hug you. Let me take care of you. <laughs> you know, let me put everything together for you. But there's been a lots of celebration and lots of happiness. I so many engagement, Chris. So many wedding I host. I, I, I host so many events in my restaurant. I swear to you, I wrote the two cookbook. My next cookbook, my next book I'm doing, I want to just make it the book about how people celebrate their life. I want to make it the book about how to sharp your knife, how to be a cook, not to be Italian cook. I thought that was Alexa. <laughs> Alexa can do it. You know, yeah, my name is Mauro Alexa. <laughs> In book form, which you don't need power for. I like that. Exactly. That's right. You just, you know, it's a source of uh, light. Yeah. Um, so fun speaking with you. Um, what, how how did the earthquake in two thousand one? How did you survive that? Did you did you lose anything? I you know I did not lose any wine because uh, Chris, if you come to my restaurant, I don't have a big wine cellar because I'm not a French and I'm not a collect uh, collectible items. So Italian food made for Italian wine, Italian wine made for Italian food. So we buy, we sell. So if you come, people go, how come your price is so reasonable? I go because it's a mandatory in my restaurant to drink the wine. Yes. People go, 
is your house wine? Is it any good? And I said, is my house wine? Represent is your house my, pasta? <laughs> it represents my house. It has to be the best. Lamb shank any good. Exactly. It's my house wine. So I have a Barolo by the glass. I have Brunello by the glass. I have a Amarone by the glass. I got Barbaresco by the glass. And I have best Washingtonian wine by the glass. Is, is it really representing my house? That's the reason, Chris. Maybe I'm a different. I stay with the one restaurant. Until you will see me alive, I will have a one restaurant. Because <laughs> I just want to be like in my living room. Saying hello to people. Uh, that's a, such a sweet. Uh, well, I'm you know I'm a little choked up here because of you know what you're saying and and I am being too. and being you know hospitality professional since 1983 when I got my first job at the Alexis Hotel. Yes, I know what great services is, and we seem to have lost a bit of that. I've, I've lost that opportunity to. I mean, there's so much anonymity, right? Yes. People are just you know they're Yelpers and and. They grow in packs, and they're all too comfortable in their own little cells. And yet, you know, this is a city, and, and especially with all these new people, there's this new culture. Look down at your phone. Do not inter- engage. And yet, here you are representing the table, the, the heart of the family, the familia, uh, and with great food and wine. And for 25 years, I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure there was probably an off night or two. It has to. It has to. No one's perfect. Absolutely. But it's so fun to know that of all the people have come in and dined, and I'm wondering... How many pounds of pasta do you think you've served? <laughs> oh my God, Chris, that's a, that's a pretty you know amazing question. Well, you can have we, to get some ask facts. Alexa. You have to. Yes. Can we ask Alexa, please? Alexa, uh, Alexa, I do not understand the question. <laughs> uh, well, no, that's something for your facts. Like, hey, you know, I, maybe I really, think about it. Thank you for actually putting this on my mind. I I just can look my invoice. How much pasta I bought? Like you know, five hundred thousand glasses of wine. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I want to see how many bottles we open. And but, Chris, the one thing for sure, Chris is in knowing how many restaurants open. And Chris, I just got to make at this point, I hope you don't mind it, as fast as the city Seattle grows as a restaurant city, we do not produce enough professional people to work for us as a kitchen or dining room. So what's happening, Chris, we're stealing each other's crew. I thought at one point maybe I should be having a little school after teaching people how to be a waiter, how to be a frontman, because everybody got a you know, culinary school for cooking. I thought, you know, I just bought a home in the Walla Walla. I love Walla Walla so the place much. so nice. You know, and I said to myself, maybe I should teach in the Walla Walla, have the culture after culinary and hospitality, right, the frontman. I know Wazoo have a program for hotel. They do, yeah. But I want to see, produce waiter, because in Italy... If you're a waiter, Chris, you're not looking for another job. No, you it's got what a four hundred one k. You got your insurance paid. You got all your life is a pay. You're a waiter for life. Hospitality. It's like doctors are, are hospitality Absolutely, professionals. Absolutely, Chris. Is it that's how it's it goes in Europe? Taking care of people. Yes. Which yeah. is very rewarding and gratifying, and and you know, there's whole debate about the gratuity of the oh, gratuitous stuff. God, it's like, yes. come on, look, these are people that you know you want to take care of because taking care of somebody is, is an art, and uh, it's has to be a passion. I mean, no one, a waiter can have a bad day. I've had a few. <laughs> I tell you some story, did, yeah. but the heart remains true that I, I still want to be as like a sommelier. You want to share the wine. You want to educate. You want to proof the wine. Make sure that the wine is the optimal uh, temperature and and decanting and aeration, etc., so that the guest is happy. I mean, that's 
you have victories on every step of the uh, the menu, every step of the the, the dinner, uh, the lunch, whatever it is. Everything is one moment of hospitality, and that's where yes. you, you try to ace it. And I, t- I say I, I was so- moonlighting at, at a fun joint uh, on Alki, Pegasus Pizza, right, bartending, and the kids were just so cute, so young, and so inexperienced and naive that it took – I was the pariah for the first two weeks. <laughs> but I coached them up, and then, uh, you know, that we succeeded. We excelled. We had, like, biggest days ever, and it was so fun to see young people sort of get the idea that, you know, this is hospitality, and um, you obviously shared that. Um, what is what is your uh, go-to, I mean, if you have a perfect night at Asagio, what does that entail? That's for me, is that everybody leaving my restaurant happy. I always make example to my crew. I go, if you come, Chris, eat there, you go, Mauro, the coffee was cold tonight. No problem, Chris. I change it. Mauro, my veal was not cooking up. No problem. I change it. My pasta is overcooked. No problem. I change it. The moment you go, Mauro, I had a bad service. I ruined your night. It matter how I can mumble jumble for you. I cannot make the right the night right for you. That's what I believe is sticking with the one restaurant. That's what I don't believe a tip be included. And I, I'm sorry, I don't want to get political in that part. But the tip not included for me being a small restaurant. That means Chris Chan had the chance to tell me, Mauro, you had the off service tonight. I just want to give you 10% instead of 20%. <laughs> but if everything included, Chris, how would I know exactly. how you liked me or I did not like me? Right. Yelp. You know, and as I'm an anonymous you know, caller out there. And, and that's, that's another thing, Chris. It's just technology been killing us. Man, I was hoping I'm I going to pass Everyone's my generation. A Everyone's a dartboard now. <laughs> you are right there in front of or everybody. Or maybe it's the gum wall. It just sticks to you. <laughs> wow, this has been a fantastic um, pleasure for me to chat with you one-on-one. It's so nice to have you in studio. Uh, congratulations on 25 years. Uh, Mauro Golmarvi, Visaggio, um, cheers to you and cheers to many more years of success. Thank you for hosting me. It's an honor to be on your show, Chris. Awesome. Thanks again. Right on. Hey, folks, stick around. we got more fun coming up right here on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby, the Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, hey, welcome back. Time for uh, a round of beer around here. This is so fun. Uh, one of my pals in the biz is Josh Riggs. He's the innovation brewer at Pyramid Brewing in, uh, what is that, Royal Brome and uh, Edgar Martinez Way or something like that? Royal Brome in First Avenue. First. <laughs> Cl- close to Edgar Martinez. Yeah, Edgar played third, so that'd be Third Avenue in his case, right? Yeah. And then he was a DH. <laughs> uh, hey, Josh, welcome back to Happy Hour. Yeah, it's great to be here. Well, um, it's been about three and a half, four months since we, we last, uh, you talked talking about summer beers at the time yep and now we've got something new i mean did you get the did you go in front of the shark tank and they approved your beer um slightly this uh this one that we have right here is the yeah baby cryo hop ipa um it's a it's a a hop using or a beer using a new hop style um it's cryo hops so what they're trying to do is pull out all the, the lupulin with using cryogenics pretty much like Taking taking the hops and freezing them, so that all right, right, you, right. You, hold on, you're losing to me. 
Okay. Let's talk about it. So you've got hops, and hops hops are basically a uh, a vine that has um, little buds that have high alpha acids, right? Yes, and the and the terpenes and and the lupulin is the is the actual glands that are inside the the hop. Really. So by taking um, glandular liquid, huh? liquid nitrogen. You're freezing the actual plant itself, and you remove most of the vegetable matter. So you actually matter. dip them all in liquid nitrogen? Uh, or is, is there a spray or what? This, this, is, the, this is the hop companies. So that, the, <laughs> this is something that any brewer can use. Like These are, these are pretty much everywhere. Um, it's, it's a new innovation thing for the hop companies themselves. And um, so what it really is doing is it's making all the, the flavor components of the hops set a little bit more forward. Interesting. So when you freeze the the glands, uh, the lu- what is it? lupulin? Lupulin. Yep. Lupulin. Um do they you freeze them after maturity or do you freeze them pre-maturity? Um, same same as any other hop. So like just as you would be pelletizing a hop, uh-huh. they're they're instead of just pelletizing it, they're doing this process So it's to basically them. freeze drying it. Um, slightly, it, it removes all of the vegetal material, so you don't have any of the green. Like you don't, you don't get any of the grassy flavors. You're really just getting like the aromatics and the the actual bittering units. If you if you use them in bittering, but a lot of people are using them as dry hops, so that you get more of that aromatics that pops right. out. So let's talk about brewing for a second. Obviously, we have the wort, which is the uh, splarged barley that's been um, uh, what you call it. Uh, malted. Malted, yes. Yeah. Sprouted and then dried. And so you have the wort. And then to add bitterness to hops, which is a beer, you, you start boiling those hops early in yes. the process. Yeah. To add more aroma, you actually dry hop them to give you that last bit of bouquet. That bit of, yeah, and that's and that's done in the fermenter or in bright tanks. And with the Yeah Baby, we're What's doing- a bright tank? A bright tank is temperature the, control? The, the conditioning tank, like the, uh-huh. the, the one that you would pull your finished beer out of. I see. So that's what they're going to be, you'd be kegging from, you'd be bottling from. Finished beer. Finished beer. Interesting. Uh, I heard a commercial, just to digress, Coors Light talks about what their process for clarity. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Fil- Everyone does that. Filtration. Unless, yeah. exactly, yeah. And perfect clarity. I, I always think it's funny that they say it's cold filtered, and um, if you've ever tried to filter a beer that's not cold... It's you can't do it. Yeah, it's like a warm beer in the summertime. I get yeah. that part. Well, continue on. So um, you said that you lose the chlorophyll, you lose the green notes. Um, I just took a sip of this. This, this is my kind of beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. Very, very, very drinkable. Like the, the I like the maltiness of it. Yep. And, and the hop is just um, slightly bitter on the finish, uh, and very subtle. On I mean, it's not subtle, but it's it's not over the toppy hoppy. Yeah. <laughs> You say that? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's kind of it was kind of our goal was to make something that would appease the not necessarily every single person who likes beer, but like if you don't really like IPAs too much, you might like this one, and then if you do like IPAs, you should like this one also. Oh right, kind of kind of trying to find a broad category and make like a really easy drinking um, something that has has everything that we're looking for. Is this could this be an imperial IPA by definition? Nope, this is uh, I think it's seven percent. Six point five. Six point five. Yep. Yeah. So usually to get into the imperial, eight. Eight, eight is the right. start of imperials. But you could add more malt to this because that style is is less hoppy. It's more malty that I remember. I mean, this reminds me of that style of beer of the of the imperials. Imperial, yeah. yeah. And usually the reason that it, that those come off malty is that they're 
you have to add so much more malt to get that yeah. amount of alcohol. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. let's talk about this. So hop companies, and how many hop companies do we have here in Washington State? Um, at least two very large ones. There's YCH and Hop Union, um, and then there's also Hop Steiner, um, John Haas, um, a couple oh, yeah. a couple different places that are um, they're they're more of the pelletizing companies. Sure, processors. Um, you have in then when it comes down to the farmers, you have tons of tons and tons of farmers. Like interesting, like, each each of the farmers will they're they're growing x amount of what they're growing and then they they're contracted by these different companies to sure to to be yeah it's like a big winery would buy grapes from somebody to make yep. a host of different wines yep. now this the uh um when i think of the uh, acre of hops how many vines are on that because i see them mm-hmm. going through yakima valley and granger all that stuff i see the big v big v chelicing yeah um a lot. Um, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly, I honestly don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that they're one of the things that they try to do is keep most of them about three feet apart, so that the rhizomes below the ground, the, the root structures, can actually spread and they're not connecting with each other and, and like kind of going on top of like each Avatar. Other. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Get they're the, get, speaking to each other. Get, yeah. Exactly. How many different <laughs> kinds of to- hops are um, produced here in Washington State? So we got um, Mosaic, we've got Chinook, we've got Citra, we've got. I could. We could keep going. Really? That, we could go with that name. That and and so they're all while. just modifications of like a, a base plant, like a Kent Golding. They said we're going to add Chinook and we're going to yep. just keep crossbreeding. And then and then also you have a lot of a lot of the European styles are still there's some grown over here also. Um, so saws hops. We have saws hops. Um, when when I get a box of of saws, if I got it from an American company, it would it will say U.S. saws on it. Ah, okay. And then and then if you're getting it from the Czech Republic, it will say Czech saws. Have on you it. been there? Nope. Interesting. I'm curious. So you know, we talk about wine and ter- uh, terroir and wine, or you know, grains and things like that, but I wonder if the hop profile is different. I mean, I, I guess it's it, American Wagyu beef or. Kobe beef. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually I can I'd say knowing that I've used both those two hops, uh-huh. the American and the the Czech saws, it, it is different, um, and I'm sure a lot of it is more the 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 terror as you were saying, like the, the like the the what's actually in the ground, the atmosphere, the the um, the light cycles, the rain that we get. Yeah, like all that. All, all the those climate, things. climate, it's a terroir. It makes yep. sense. Uh, let's talk about, so this is Pyramid's new uh, six-pack. Uh, it's called a Cryohop IPA, and, um, you know, that's kind of gimmicky, but I, I think it, the the product is tasty. Yep. And I'm, I'm curious as to what part of the IPA segment has peaked. Um, I mean, we I got hop heads and all that stuff. Yeah, I think I think that it's it's peaked, but it's not going to stop. I think that like a lot of these things are just going to keep going, and the the whole idea is to figure out new 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 ways to new ways to kind of move forward to to like some, somebody has. <laughs> are to you f- running for president? Uh, <laughs> Senate. I, I, I uh, well, I, I'm old enough now. I think. Right? <laughs> I guess. Are you? Wow, very um, good. But um, but. I think it's it's ways to move forward and not not keep the the trend stifled like to like IPAs aren't going to go anywhere so no they're here to stay I get and, it I mean um, I I think just from a, a um, food allergy perspective yep. uh, the older I get and and it's really I only I age only one day every two days um, <laughs> but this this flavor profile is very uh, fulfilling it's very satisfying because I, I love malt I think malt is the the body of the beer and then hops are like kind of the crust yep. of your pie if you will and I'm or hungry the, the spices that you throw on top yeah <laughs> that's yep. just true so what's the mash bill here 
Um, this is has red X malt in it, a uh, little bit of wheat malt and two row. Like kind of tried to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Little little bit of wheat to give it some body. Some red X to give it that creaminess. Is it actually red roasted red? Um, it's it's a, a grain from um, Baird malting in Germany. Oh, okay. or, wait, not best malls in Germany. Sorry, not Baird. Uh-huh. Baird, Baird is uh, UK, and it's um, it's uh, you can use it as a one hundred percent. It has enough diastatic power to actually ferment completely. Um, and we did one of those in Portland uh, a while back, and it comes out very, very deep red. Um, but really? it gives, but it gives a really nice creamy, like that mouthfeel. That, Is that protein versus? Um, yes, it's residual proteins, uh-huh. and and that that like you can you feel the cre- the creaminess on the, like the top sure. of your mouth and the side of your mouth. That's from the that's from the Red X. Oh, so fun! So um, we're going to take a little break here in a second. But uh, where can we find it? Is this on tap? Yeah, baby, Cryo Hop this IPA. Is, yeah, this is on tap, and then we're we just released it about a week or two ago um, to stores. So it's, right. it's it should be Bartels. Um, I'm not too sure if it's at Bartels yet. <laughs> I always love booze at buy booze and beer at Bartels yeah. because it's like you know it's the, the white hairs the are there. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that it. Will be. I know it's going to be like it's just hitting the. So this got all the thumbs up. Yeah. The Shark Tank said yes. The Shark Tank said yes. Congratulations. Hey, folks, speak with Josh Riggs, who is the innovation brewer for Pyramid Brewing Company here in Washington State in downtown Seattle. Stick around. We got some dark and tasty beer awaiting for us when we come back right here on Happy Hour Radio. Two regular guys separated by 20 years and a full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right. Got uh, plenty to drink here on air with my pal Josh Riggs, innovation brewer for Pyramid Brewing. We just tried the Yeah Baby, the Cryo Hop IPA, which I really dig. It's 6.5% ABV. Uh, the the hop, it's very malty. Um, it's kind of that uh, roasted cashew or pecan maltiness. And uh, I think the, the hop bitterness is, is perfectly balanced. I'm curious, where does the acid come from beer? Um, that's, that's actually the hops. The hops. So yep. they add the tang. They add the tang. Yep. Otherwise, it would just be off sweet. Uh, yeah, and sometimes you can get some with the yeast, which would kind of lead us into this next beer. Excellent. So this is served in a chalice-style glass, yep. uh, and, uh, of course, it's logoed, um, and it's dark. It's a chestnut brown. Yeah, and this is uh, this is the Belgo Drupacious is the name I came up with it. <laughs> um, Hold up. How do you uh, do? You go into like a, a quiet room and put on your uh, blackout mask and like of really course. concentrate, look for inspiration for the beer names. Oh yeah, what of do you course. call it? Uh, the Belgo Drupacious. Belgo Drupacious. So a droop is a a a fruit that has a a stone pit. Oh really? And so apricots, in what language? Uh, um, it's Latin. Uh, droop is English. Oh, okay. Um, so things that are of that type are called Drupacious. Um, and this is this is a cherry. I use cherries in it. So it has cherry. It's a saison yeast strain that I used, and has a touch of dark malt into it to give uh, it give it the color. Okay. And um, so I thought it was a marzen, which uh, would be a, a probably more ABV on this one, right? This is what five point five percent. This is sitting at six five also. Six five. Okay. Yeah. yeah six three. Yeah. Um, this one. This one's a little deceiving. This has um, about ten pounds of cherries per barrel. 
and um, so this is I, I made this one for the South Sound. Um, oh, uh, the Brewers competition br- br- or the Brewfest. Brewfest. Yep, and in it's, Tacoma. It's in Tacoma. Um, I love how you bring it in that cool uh, the crowler. The yep. crowd, yes. That yep. it was at twenty four ounces. Thirty two. Thirty. That's thirty two. Yep. Man, it looks like a a missile kind of thing. Yep. You can sound with a little missile point and do this thing. Get a new train going. <laughs> yeah. So this is this one. I, I kind of like the the Belgian flavors are are subtle, but they're there. Like Does saison fr- produce what flavors then when you use um, the saison yeast? Like so that that slight tartness, um, some of the phenolics. Is it a like, little rogue then? Does it have a bit of a secondary kind of cervicier? Yes. Uh, yeah, Britano yeast. Um, it, it it is it's a saison. is slightly farmhouse. Yeah. Uh, that is the farmhouse beer. Right. Um, a lot of people will will add. Brettomyces to Saisons, but they by themselves are still just a Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Okay, um, well, good. Yeah, and um, so the but a lot of like the 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 clove the the clove the slight banana the slight mm. um, that that's that interesting sweetness that the the kind of the the part that goes up your nose slightly <laughs> um, the rubber for, hose part. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, but um, you're way too young to remember that. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice. I think that the 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 cherry. One of the things I really wanted was it not to be overly sweet, but the sweetness is there um, from the cherries. And it's, did you and get color? I mean, did you did you practice this? This is uh, this is a finished product, right? This mm-hmm. is where you want to go. It's called again the Belgo Drupatius. Belgo Drupatius. And I'm wondering if how many iterations did it take for you to find the balance of those particular ingredients? Um, I had made a batch a long time ago of something similar, but not like this. Oh, so this I was, see. so I had made, I had made something a long, long time ago. In a galaxy a pre- far, in far, a far, away. far away a galaxy. Yeah. Back in California <laughs> and, um, and made something very different. Um, so this was more of taking what I had already knew worked and doing it differently. Like trying to come up with a new new way to do it for myself. It's tasty. Now, I've always loved um, using cherries uh, in beer. I prefer the red fruits. I mean, like lemon or, or orange or yeah. um, you know pomegranate or cranberry. I've, I've, those things offer me uh, the kind of the pleasure that I look for. And something like this. This is also very multi. What hops are in it? You said it was. Um, this is Eldorado, but very, very, very Eldorado. little, very little hops. Like I, I think it was. Pretty much like a handful. So that end. bittering is also from the roasted malt notes, right? Yes, that's mm-hmm. that's mainly what it's from. Now, do you stem the cher- uh, pit the cherries? Um, it was a cherry puree. Oh, interesting. Yep. Local, right? Yakima. Um, it was actually from Oregon. Oh my goodness! I, I'm, it's bla- it's blasphemous. I know. Oh boy. Well, um, super cool, and it's called Belgo. Drop Drupalicious. Well, Drupalicious would be a good one. <laughs> Drupacious. Drupacious. Yeah. Okay. Um, so fun. And we can find these beers down at the... Uh, the Ale House. The yep. Ale House on First and Royal, Royal Broham. Yep, Royal Brom. Uh, it's not Broham? It's how, that's how it's spelled, but, uh, but it is Royal Brom. Uh, uh, super cool. Uh, yeah. Hey, Josh Riggs, thanks for coming on. I, I always enjoy chatting with you because I get to learn more about beer, and I also get to taste tasty beer, which is uh, one of the pleasures of this position. So thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Wow, what a day, what a show, what a night, uh, and there's more to come. Hey, if you ever miss a show, check out happyhourradio.net and our Facebook page. And if you like tweeting, which I know you do, it's at Happy HR Radio. Give us a shout and we'll trick or treat back. Hey, thanks, folks. When you remember, you're out and about. Life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. 